That's all I heard. <laughs> Just went quiet. Episode 142 of Santa Mira After Dark. Jeremy. I'm Steven. And this week. We are discussing <laughs> Halloween 5. Yeah. Uh... I guess the idea was to to push this movie out as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, it was out within a year of Halloween four, and I think this is the first of only two times that a Halloween movie has come out in back to back years. Uh, but at least with uh, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, they did have a few years to prepare for those releases. But this one, it was like such a quick, uh, quick turnaround. Like they. They put oh, yeah. out um, Halloween 4. It was uh, very successful. And then they just rushed out Halloween 5. And, you know, it, it, I think it definitely shows, unfortunately. But um, I think they're yeah. very good with, like, continuing it. Because this is one of the few times where it feels like the movie takes place in the same town. Yeah. Um, even, like, Rob Zombie's Halloween movies, like, even going from the first one to the second one, like the town feels different. And as much yeah. as I like, as much as I like those movies and I enjoy the continuation, the town does feel mm-hmm. different. Um, the original Halloween one and two, like those kind of connect easily. Yeah. Those ones do too. Um, I think Halloween four and five were both shot in Salt Lake city to my, if I remember correctly, they were shot in the same town, which probably plays into it feeling like the same, the same town but even if you go from yeah. like halloween the original to the 2018 halloween like it feels like a different town but, yeah now 2018 yeah. and kills did a good job yeah halloween ends kind of uh kind of iffy it feels on, a little different <laughs> yeah it, feel, it feels a little different um yeah but yeah, four and five, and they always played back to back on AMC when we were younger. So I think that kind of helps the continuity. Yeah, and yeah, you know, obviously Daniel Harris, like staying a child for both movies, helps <laughs> them continue along. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> thankfully she didn't uh, become an adult in that year, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and, st- and still looks and still looks uh, fairly similar, but. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, before we get into our thoughts on this movie, would you like to give a brief plot description on Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers? Yeah. So, Halloween 5 starts out where Halloween 4 leaves off, where Michael is presumed dead. But he is nursed back to health, and he returns a year later to get revenge and finally kill his niece, Jamie. Yes. While she is in the children's hospital. Yes. And I present this question to you, okay? Mm-hmm. What is Michael Myers seeking revenge for? Being killed. <laughs> <laughs> or being almost killed. <laughs> because he's he's usually, you know, in, in most cases, he's the aggressor. So if anyone should be not seeking revenge, it should be Michael Myers. Like, people should be seeking revenge on him. Uh-huh. But, you know, I guess he's seeking revenge for something. Just to... On the town. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. And yeah, there, um, and yeah, this is the um, the movie where we find out, where we get little hints that there's other things going on and other antagonists in the city. Um, yeah, sure are, but spiritual stuff. Yes. <laughs> um, but the idea behind that stuff was that they would figure it out in the next movie, <laughs> which, you know, you just, you just gotta, gotta love such a, 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 a risky, a risky take on, uh, you know, your story to leave it up to the next, <laughs> the next people in line to, uh, to figure this thing out. And did they figure it out? Uh, they tried. <laughs> um, they didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't necessarily figure it out, but they sure tried. Um, but that's, that's kind of something, but I, that's kind of something that I want to avoid here. Cause I hate where this goes. So I'm trying to separate this from the story that it goes into. I know that's kind of hard yeah. to do. It's kind of hard to do because that's the story and that's been the story for almost 30 years. But yeah, it's uh, something that I try to separate this because I, in a weird way, I more so connect this story to Halloween 4 than I do Halloween 6. Um, yeah. I mean, for all the reasons we already said that it feels like it continues on uh more appropriately than Halloween six does with this one. Um, and the Myers house is a big part of that problem, but. Oh yeah. That's like the main problem with the movie. Yeah. Um, the, the Myers mansion, if you will. Um, <laughs> also like the, I like the idea, I guess, but we so, already have the house. In the first one. So, <laughs> so, so the idea was that it would be like this like gothic Halloween movie. And it's kind of why like the beginning of the movie kind of uh, like a nod to Frankenstein and uh -huh. the um, like the obviously the Myers mansion. Like the idea is that it's like a gothic Halloween movie, but there's not really much goth going on here. So I don't <laughs> I don't understand why it's like very quick. It's like a couple goth things, and 
you know, even I guess, you know, Michael's mask is kind of like an exaggerated, I guess, gothic look because it has like this long hair. But mm-hmm. I also don't I also don't think it works. So that's also a problem. So I don't know. Oh, yeah, so you don't you don't like this mask. Um, I, I don't like this mask most of the time. Um, I, I like it in some scenes because there's something about this mask where if it's lit properly, it gives like this very evil and mean look. Mm-hmm. But also, I like when it's kept in the shadows. Yeah. And there's other times where the neck is just so long on this thing that... <laughs> It's like halfway yeah. down his. It's it's like halfway down his shoulders. Like, and isn't scene, it like un, untucked because his collars down or whatever? Yeah. So this is a very nerdy thing to to realize about a Halloween film. But there are only three movies where Michael Myers wears his uh, collar down, and it's this movie and both of the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. And every other movie, he has the collar up, and he tucks the mask into the collar. And, you know, like the Rob Zombie one kind of gets away with it because the neck isn't excruciatingly long. <laughs> but, like, yeah. this one goes down, like, halfway past his shoulders, and it just looks ridiculous. Like, it looks like very oversized for his head, and I, I just, I, I hate it. But, like I did say, in some scenes, like, uh, there's a shot toward the end of the movie with Michael and Loomis in the Myers house. And, you know, you can see that, uh, uh, like, the mask is lit well, and it, it looks like it's giving off this, like, evil this evil look. And I, I do like that. But then there's other parts where yeah, it I, looks horrible. I, I like it. I really like the mask. Okay. I think, um, obviously, my favorite one is from the first one. And I like the new trilogy mask and Rob Zombie's. But then I think this one's my favorite after those ones. I mean, it, it is slim pickings when you get into <laughs> into those middle movies. Even like Halloween 2, the original, like I, I hate the way the mask looks on Dick Warlock. Um, Nick Castle had like a thinner face, I think, and Dick Warlock had like kind of uh, chubby cheeks, if you will. And um, yeah, it just didn't fit him well. But um yeah, like this mask, it looks like it was molded on the face of Don Shanks, who plays Michael Myers. And it's like mm-hmm. they kind of just worked around that. So it looks nothing like the original mask. So it doesn't look like the mask that they show in the flashbacks from Halloween 4. It looks nothing like that either. Um, yeah. I think, I think it's an improvement over Halloween 4 because I've always hated that Halloween 4 mask and I think it ruins the entire movie. But at least in the Halloween Five mask, you have a bad mask in a bad movie, so you know that's not really ruining much. <laughs> um, um, did I strike a nerve there? Well, I can't say too much bad about it. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess we can kind of go through the movie because. This is the, kind of like a debate we've been having for years, I guess, on like, is Halloween 5 good or bad? So we'll, uh, we'll kind of go through it. We'll give our likes and dislikes. 
And um, uh-huh. yeah. All right. So uh, where do we start in this thing? We might as well start. Open at up the very safe bitches got a lot to say. Yes, we sure will. <laughs> we see Michael was gunned down in the last movie, and we got to see it again. And then we his perspective where just as they were throwing the TNT in the cave or whatever it was or the mine he was able to crawl out yeah. so we see him floating down the river yeah, to the I, opening of the I, I want to uh, I want to talk about this for a second because this movie um, you know I'm, I'm going to ask you this question who throws the um, dynamite into the uh, the mine shaft? I thought the cop did. Sheriff Meeks. Uh, it's a group of policemen, and I would like to to you know walk you back to the end of Halloween Four. Okay. Okay. If you remember correctly, it was a group of rednecks that shot Michael Myers, not the police. Well, didn't they all get killed? Um, I think I think there were rednecks left over that shot Michael Myers, didn't they? Because that um, whole group was with Rachel and Jamie, and they all got thrown out. I thought. I, I I'm not sure about that. I think it's. Uh, I'm gonna look up the ending of Halloween Four real quick, and see. If, and uh, you know I'll. I'll if I'm wrong, I'll be, I'll be glad to be wrong. Okay, I'm looking, no. at, I'm looking at the picture now. Okay, so it's a picture of Sheriff Meeker, uh-huh. and he's with a state police trooper, and there are, there seems to be four rednecks kind of standing <laughs> along along with. So him. I guess that's like a combination. Yeah, so it was a mixture of both. But um, oh yeah, he did have a whole crew with him when he. Assemble. <laughs> yeah, and when it shows like a whole police force dropping this dynamite down the mine shaft, so I don't know. And if you remember correctly, Michael killed the entire police force in Halloween Four. There's that scene where, where Loomis and Sheriff Meeker go to um, uh, the police station, and like everybody's dead, and the phone lines were cut and everything. So yeah, just a. Luckily, there were some left over somewhere. I guess so. Uh, they called in some police from somewhere. Um, I do like the the pumpkin intro in this one. Um, uh-huh. I know people really like the Halloween Four opening because it gives like a uh, like that fall vibe. There's like no music and it's just like straight atmosphere. Uh-huh. But I think I like the Halloween five one more because it's like pumpkins being stabbed and whatnot and it, it even though he shouldn't be seeking revenge it does give the vibe that um you know he's angry and seeking revenge so yeah i think that's uh i think that's pretty nice so uh michael is floating down the river like we said in a scene in which i hate i don't know I, like in the original incarnation of the character like obviously they've went on to show him in 
compromising positions, but I don't think I I need to see Michael Myers huh. in a compromising position like this, like floating down a river. Also, <laughs> if I'm floating down the river in a mask, guess what the first thing I'm taking off is? Probably the mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I would too. But yeah, we uh, floats down the river and uh, is brought in by a uh, a hermit. And uh, how how do you feel about? Oh, yeah. The... Go ahead. This originally was not supposed to be the case because it was originally some random guy. Yeah, and you know they kind of shot this movie on the fly, and I guess they were like. The original character was named Dr. Death, and he was, like, performing, like, a ritual on Michael in, like, by the creek or whatever, and I uh-huh. guess he, he, was, he was supposed to be the one to give him the Cult of Thorn tattoo, which, you know, probably would have saved us what the next movie did, because yeah. uh, the, the next one implies that he has the tattoo since he was a kid, but... You know, I guess that's kind of like an interesting way of introducing like uh uh what's the word? Uh cult like things. What's the word I'm looking for? Um supernatural. Uh no, but close enough. <laughs> <laughs> um it it'd be a way of like introducing something like that, but you know, they obviously changed it and you know, I think both ideas are stupid. Uh, I think the uh, Dr. Death one is worse. And, uh, you know, it's probably just more realistic that he would just run into, like, a guy down there and not, like, someone involved in voodoo. But... Yeah, I really liked the deleted opening. Okay. Um, do, you th- do you like it better than uh, what we got? Yeah. Okay. Um, I... I don't think I've seen the original opening, or if I have, I don't remember it, but just the idea of it I don't like. So I'm not sure how it was shot or anything, but the idea of of that I don't like, like introducing that stuff that way, I don't don't like it. But it'll probably make the rest of the movie make a whole lot more sense, because, you know, you have, like, The Undertaker following around Michael Myers the entire movie, and it would Uh kind of, it would kind of, uh, you know, make things make a little bit more sense. It's like, oh, well, they're following him because he got involved in that. And who knows what was going on? (laughs) Who knows what was going on in that thing for an entire year? Um, (laughs) But also in in both ways, you know, you uh, in both openings, it's kind of worrisome what was going on in there for an entire year. So I don't know. So uh, we cut to uh, Jamie at... uh, yeah, children's hospital, and uh, she has like the psychic connection to him now. Yeah, that's kind of introduced here, C- kind of hinted at the end of the last movie. Um, uh-huh. sh- she does run up and touch Michael's hand, but you know, some might take that as her kind of taking over the evil. Uh, you, you know, not unlike uh, Corey Cunningham in Halloween Ends. But um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, here they don't do what Halloween Ends did, 
and instead of making Jamie this evil killer that Halloween 4 teased, they uh, turn her into a mute for the next uh, 72 minutes. <laughs> yeah, a good portion of the movie. Yeah, and let me tell you, I was surprised. Like, I, I watch this movie like almost every year. It's on my Halloween watch list, like, every year. I was, like, genuinely surprised this time at how much of this movie is the Tina show and how Jamie and Rachel take a backseat. I don't understand how they botch that so bad. Listen. Like, <laughs> so, so Tina wouldn't even be... T- Tina wouldn't even be hated as much if she like wasn't the replacement for them. You know what I mean? Or even, I get it. Even if... <laughs> you know, you could tie it back to the last movie. Even if Tina is the Lindsay character, you know, that... Uh, goes to get ice cream with uh and uh the costume with uh Jamie and Rachel. Like that'd be something. Oh you yeah. Know? You could probably keep the same yeah. like keep uh 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 what's her name? Wendy Foxworth. You could keep her as Tina. Or keep I'm sorry, keep her in the movie as Lindsay. Like they look very similar. It's like they are the same character pretty much. Just Tina is yeah. Tina's a mess and yeah. Lindsay seemed to be fine but um yeah so uh it's a year later on halloween like we said jamie's in the hospital michael uh wakes up it's uh time for you know cult of thorns stuff and i do like this shot where they show the hermit kind of sitting doing something and you see michael sit up in the back and his mask is kind of hang like hung up on the wall Uh and you can like see Michael's face, and uh, it's kind of weird that Don Shanks is a, a Cherokee Native American, and uh, Michael Myers was not. <laughs> but but uh, mm. nonetheless, <clears throat> uh, Don Shanks is also on the record saying that he didn't even think Michael Myers should be unmasked in this movie because he doesn't look like Michael Myers. But and it happened twice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so this is kind of where Jamie is, uh, you know, kind of getting these visions of Michael waking up. And I like how when Michael puts on his mask, Jamie, like, pretends to put on a mask, too. Yeah. And it's like, she writes on the board, he's coming for me or something like that. Uh Uh-huh. And this is where... uh, things start to go a little bit over the top and we're only a couple minutes into the movie. So uh, Jamie starts having a seizure and Dr. Loomis decides to, to show up and pretty much stop them from saving Jamie's life. (laughs) Uh, He is like, I guess, I guess they have to open up her trachea because she's not breathing. And Dr. Loomis just shows up who doesn't even work at the hospital to my knowledge. It's, it's very, um, it's confusing. It's like, does he, it seems like he might have some type of job there, but then at the same time he keep, no, I don't, I don't think he does, but I think he should because it makes more sense as to why he's always here. Um, yeah. Like all you have to say is, 
<laughs> it's funnier that this uh, old man is constantly yeah, this is... constantly watching this little girl. He, yeah. he he would be banned from this hospital in no time. But um, <laughs> I guess like all you had, all you would have to say is that like he's Jamie's doctor, and she isn't talking to him because she's mute or whatever she is. And it would it would parallel the Michael Myers situation. Like Michael Myers didn't talk, yeah. and and Doctor Loomis tried to help Michael, couldn't get him to talk. Michael's trying to help Jamie, can't get her to talk, and you know, basic. Uh, <laughs> well, he probably lose his job. Uh, I'm I'm sure. But one of the um, the nurses here does refer to him as Doctor Loomis, so. I feel like if he didn't yeah. work, if he didn't work there, they probably just call him Loomis or whatever his first name is, like Dave yeah. or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's actually Samuel, but um, Dave Loomis. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he works there. Okay. Um. So in the more in the morning, I guess after this whole situation, uh, Rachel returns and uh, is with Jamie. And uh, Tina is introduced, and she has a uh-huh. dog as a dog named Max. And instead of going through the front door of this hospital, they decide to sneak in the window. Oh yeah, because dogs are allowed in there. Yeah, and you know, Doctor Loomis is already irritated because uh, he just walks in the room and the dog's laying in the bed, and uh, not Jamie. <laughs> And uh, this is also where we get our great introduction of Tina doing her uh, Bupada song that uh, you recited for us. Would you like to recite it again? Um, no. Okay. Just, uh, just checking. It was very good, though. It was. I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll put it back in. Put it back in here. Um, yeah, so one of uh, Haddonfield's uh, civilians... Besides, <laughs> throw a rock in the window of this uh, this mental institution. <laughs> Not even. It's a- funny because when I was a child, I thought that Michael Myers did it. So did I. The longest time I thought but Michael the- Myers wrote that. As I'm older, I know it's not the case. Yeah, I mean, kind of makes sense. Like. Also, if it was Michael Myers, I don't know why he wouldn't just go in and try to kill her. But <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like his pre-Halloween like game plan. Like he psychs himself up by just throwing out threats everywhere. It's like, oh just... yeah, I can't really, <laughs> can't really kill her yet. And lurking in the shadows is so passe. So I'm gonna throw some threats in the window. Yeah, and since he can't talk, he has to write them. <laughs> Well, he does kind of lurk in this movie. A little bit. And uh, we'll get into that because we both, had a lurking baff- too. we both had a baffling discovery about this lurking that we'll get into. Yeah. I wonder uh, if we baffled, baffledly discovered it because of 4K. <laughs> uh, maybe. Or, H- or HD. Yeah, that, that might be it. Um. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, Rachel's kind of like bothered that uh, townspeople are threatening Jamie and think that she's evil. And 
You're like, oh no, she's not evil. She just, uh, she just stabbed her stepmom. That's all she did. She's not evil. Something we've all done yeah. before. Yeah, not really evil. And there's this hilarious shot where <laughs> Doctor Doctor Loomis is looking at like this uh, Halloween decoration outside of the children's hospital. And oh, absolutely disgusted. <laughs> I have never seen someone look so disgusted in something <laughs> like he hates this decoration <laughs> with a passion. <laughs> I, I don't know what the direction was. I don't know. It's like he was disappointed in like the prop department or something like this is the best Halloween decoration we could get for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and you I know, think this... as a character, he's supposed to be disgusted with Halloween. OK, yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. But I, I think he really didn't like that. <laughs> I was just under the impression that like Donald Pleasance was the end of his days and like he was always drunk. Like I guess for um the original Halloween, he just drank two full bottles of wine on the set. Mm-hmm. So like I I kind of just get the vibe that like at this point he just didn't care and was like, you know what, we're just mm-hmm. <laughs> go through the motions and Get me out of here. Like we're done. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um uh, we're int- or so so Max is here. Uh he sees Michael Myers in the bushes. This is where Rachel goes back home, I believe. Yeah. And uh yeah, Michael's watching her from the bushes. So our first our first bit of lurking in this movie. Uh this mm-hmm. wasn't quite quite the part where we uh you know, uh, got our minds blown. But uh, Jamie does kind of know that Michael is here because she's like freaking out at the hospital. So they never, yeah. they never quite explain why she won't tell anybody where Michael is. But on the other hand, she's also telling them where Michael is. So I, I don't understand the problem here. <laughs> so she is without fully saying it. And then he he knows that Max is in danger. Yeah, and you know, not only that, but like Michael has a history of killing dogs in these movies. Like in the first Halloween, he killed a dog. He, oh, he killed he killed two dogs in the first movie, actually. Um, Halloween four, he kills a dog, and Halloween five, he kills a dog. Oh, yeah, so, it's so we skipped Halloween two, but he made up for it in Halloween one because he killed two dogs. So. Makes a little bit more sense. Rest in peace. Um, what's that dog's name? Lester. Uh, yeah, Lester. Yeah. The the other two dogs I think are on. Un- oh no, the other one is uh, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. And Max. And then there's another one. And the the eaten dog that is unnamed. Rest in peace. Yeah. So he likes to kill dogs. <laughs> I like the idea. That of, is how. Like, go ahead. Well, never mind. That's a different movie. <laughs> what? Although like, he did start killing animals at a young age, but that was Rob Zombie. I mean, maybe he did. This is very off topic. I was listening to the We Hate Movies podcast this morning, and they mm-hmm. were they were covering The Purge, and they came came up with like this hypothetical that. There's a guy on Purge Night who just like lubes himself up and <laughs> commits bestiality all night. <laughs> like he just breaks in the people's houses. 
so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's hilarious. Anyway. There might be someone like that, though. Yeah, I'm sure. But just like... <laughs> like, that should have been... That should be like a sequel to The Purge, where there's this guy in town who just lubes himself up, and it's just like committing bestiality toward people's pets. <laughs> and then the whole town has to come together <laughs> to kill this guy. Yeah. I like it. Um, <laughs> the Purge, um, five. I don't even know what number they would be on. I think it's five, yeah. So, or um, six. Something like that. So yeah, Max, um, Ma- Max is barking at Michael, and uh, Rachel's kind of like roaming around the house here. Um, Doctor Loomis is calling. Oh, is that is that in this in this scene? Yeah, okay, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know if Tina was the one who listened to it or not. No, it was Rachel. Okay. Uh, where are we at? Yeah, Romeo's playing. Um, Rachel's kind of roaming the house and whatnot. Max goes missing, and uh, Doctor Loomis calls and is like, oh, "You need to check on Max. Max is in danger." Uh, she runs up to the neighbor in a towel. And it's like a weird cut where she just runs up to the neighbor and it just cuts to the next scene where the cops are walking out of the house. At least they lent her a robe. That's nice of them. That is true, because she did run out of the house in uh, a towel, so the neighbors were nice enough to, uh, you know, lend her a robe. Like, here, have a robe. <laughs> yeah. So, um, probably another one of the bigger complaints of this movie is uh, these idiot cops kind of show up and uh how do you feel about them well it's okay one time if they're like joke cops and they're like stupid halloween 2018 kind of of does it we've seen it in other movies but we have to find out every time that these guys are on scene that they're lousy cops verbally yeah (laughs) And they're yeah. accompanied with like circus music. Yeah, that's probably my biggest complaint is the circus music because we already that's know funny that one time too, but it's, we it's hear def- it again. It, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely overdone. Um, yeah, the guy who did the score, uh, Alan 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 Howarth, I think is his name. He joined John Carpenter for Halloween Two, did the score for that. So it's like John he Carpenter. learned absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, that, that was harsh. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna defend him a little bit because I was gonna defend him a little bit because I guess he's on the record saying that the director, who uh, you know, is a idiot, uh, Dominique uh, Orthon Gerard, he was very involved in the scoring of the movie too. Like he was mm. in the, he was in the studio when they were scoring the movie, so also oh, probably his idea or could have been his idea. Yeah, because you know Alan Howarth. Um, I'm trying to pull him up on Letterboxd. He did the score f- for Halloween two, three, four, five, six. Also, um, three has a great score. Yeah. Um, also, like other John Carpenter movies, like They Live, The Thing, Escape from New York. It's a darkness. Christine is a so like 
you know, he's he's good. His talents weren't put to good use. The further he went on in the Halloween franchise, the worse it got, I think. <laughs> Besides, like, two to three. Like, I think three is probably his best one, and then it goes down from there. Yeah. Um, Halloween 6, if you remember, has, like, that electric guitar soundtrack. It's like um, it's like very mid nineties. I don't know if you remember it. But yeah. the, the producer's cut stole not stole, but they, they used the score from the original movie, which I think is a lot better. So I do appreciate that. Anyway, like the bumbling cops, um you know, they come out and they're like, you know, we, we scouted the, the premises, uh you know, everything's good. And they have this like horrible line where they kind of go back and forth. And uh, Max walks up the streets, so they find they they found the dog. Barely, uh, they just looked over. The the, the dog found them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The dog came home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they have this stupid line where they kind of go back and forth, and it's like that's our job. <laughs> it's like rescue cats, find dogs. That's our job, and we love it. <laughs> and it's like yeah. It's like, are are you guys like sitcom characters, or are you characters in the slasher movie that I'm supposed to be taking seriously because it's showing me cult symbolism? <laughs> I think that's what it is. Because <laughs> I think they would have been funny if they were in something else doing this. Yeah. And, also, and we already have our comedy relief in Tina Salmon Spitz. That's the thing. There's too many comedy relief characters. <laughs> Even like in 2018, when in that Halloween movie, like the dad is like comedy relief, and even that's too much. And that's just one character. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, Julian's also comic relief, but you know, I think a kid could get away with a little bit more. Than... Yeah, and also like we said. Like it's it's kind of established this is like the gothic Halloween movie. So like if it's gothic Halloween movie, why are you know why are there bumbling <laughs> bumbling idiots running around? Like there's nothing gothic about this. So I don't know. It it's it's the product of like a rushed script and people not knowing what they're doing. Also something to to point out that uh, Deborah Hill's last uh, contribution to the Halloween franchise was to suggest to uh, the studio that uh, Dominique Girard directed this movie. So, you know, God bless her soul. Mm. God bless her soul. Uh, that was a terrible last contribution to this franchise. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I love her for the first three Halloween movies she was involved in, but uh, this one, not so much. So, I don't know. So anyway, um, we're introduced to Billy, who's like this kid dressed as like a pirate thing, I guess. There's this hilarious... Well, he looks like... Go ahead. Crushing on Jamie. Yeah, and there's this hilarious shot here where Dr. Loomis is like escorting him out of the room. And he like... Has oh yeah, he was so... He has to go back and like grab his something like a toy or something. I'm not even sure what it is. And he like reaches to like get away from Dr. Loomis and you could just tell he's at the end of his road. Like, hmm. <laughs> like Dr. Loomis is like, forget Michael. Dr. Loomis is about to shoot Billy six times. 
Um, so this was my favorite performance from Donald Pleasance besides the first one. I I, I love it just because it's hilarious. Um, yeah, because he's like he's like unhinged and he's like borderline a villain in a way. He's going against everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Especially um, later on in the movie. He takes yeah. the cop's gun. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, I mean, he, he he's a little bit unhinged in Halloween too, but here especially it's, it's, it, it's bad. So, um, uh, Loomis yells at Jamie and is like, write something down pretty much. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of unhinged yelling at this poor girl. Um, yeah, she's like in tears and he's screaming at her. Yeah. And you know, I, I genuinely forgot how good Daniel Harris is in these movies. Um, cause like this scene when she's crying, like she's doing a, she's acting a, 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 a lot, uh, better than this movie deserves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we see Michael in the closet. Uh, shout out Michael Jackson. Oh yeah, this is. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is like Rachel's. It's shocking how early on it is in the movie, but this is Rachel's last appearance. Yeah, and obviously the police didn't do a good job of scoping out the the premises because Michael was because he was closet. hiding in the closet. <laughs> well, he must be no, hiding. He did a good job. Go ahead. He did a good job lurking in the house for like probably the first quarter of the movie. Yeah, it after the opening. Yeah, it goes on for a little bit. Um, because he's even in there when Tina's in there. Yeah, and you know, kind of going through it now, it's like amazing how little Rachel has to do in this movie. <laughs> yeah, like she, she literally visits visits Jamie. She's planning to leave town. And debating on staying. She's in the shower, and she's getting dressed, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, she finds a picture of Jamie that Michael has stabbed. There's there's blood on the uh, blood on the picture. Not sure. Uh, not sure whose blood that is. Maybe he cut himself. Maybe that's what it implies. Maybe he punched it or something. I don't know. But yeah, Jamie, or uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Rachel gets a uh, scissors to the chest, and uh, that's it for her. The way it's cut, wasn't she like shaking? Like Jamie's having another attack, and then it cuts to Doctor Loomis. She was shaking. Oh yeah, her body was shaking. <laughs> and then Meeker, Meeker's like had enough. He's like, every time a girl twitches, I'm supposed to call the National Guard. Oh my god. Oh yeah, and he's like, you forgot how many people he killed last year. Even your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. He does have the, Loomis does have this great line here where uh, he's like, I prayed that he would burn in hell. In my heart, I knew hell would not have him. Or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's one of my favorite Loomis lines in the entire franchise. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a great one. Yeah, it's. <laughs> have you forgot how many people he killed? Even your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, m maybe the police 
being uh, killed off last year is the reason we have these bumbling idiot cops. Probably because I had to fill, fill it up real quick. Michael killed them all, so they just hired whoever had a pulse. Um, it's like you didn't graduate yet, but yeah. you will soon. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, they say he's needed at the cemetery, which uh, comes into play later when we learn that Michael has uh, taken a um, casket for an 11 year old girl, which Loomis also. Yeah throws in uh, Jamie's face. (laughs) What do you think he's going to do with that? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) he's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a better way of delivering it. Yeah. Uh, So this is when Rachel officially passes the torch to Tina. Yeah. And it's the Tina show for the next hour. So buckle up. Yeah. She reappears. The only thing that bothers me, um, Max was locked outside, and she's like, "Oh, Rachel must have left for the weekend, so we're gonna leave the dog outside." <laughs> and then yeah. when she comes back later, the dog's gone. <clears throat> Doesn't even notice. <laughs> I don't know how long they plan on. Like, I don't know how long she plans on leaving the dog outside. Is it all weekend? That's what I was thinking. It seems like it's implied they're going to leave the dog outside all weekend. Well, they were going to use the house for the weekend. And they also make it a point to say that Max just wants water. And then they proceed to not give him water. Yeah. This is the beginning of the weekend. Mm hmm. So I don't know. Uh, also, I'm assuming this is Friday night. <laughs> that's what I'm assuming. Or Saturday. Also, but yeah, uh, we're introduced to. Well, I was going to say Tina wandering the house and she cuddles a bear. And this is yes, where... this is a very intimate scene where it's like random. It's like she's having some type of inner crisis that we'd never see in the movie. She does it one other time, too, when she's like sitting outside after she leaves Jamie to go to the party. She's like contemplating life. But. Well, I think the crisis, I, th- I think the crisis might be that she feels bad for leaving Jamie, but I don't think this early she's feeling that way. Yeah, I don't know what she's feeling this time. It's like this inner turmoil. Well, this is where I was. Uh, they, they even put the, the one theme song, the Halloween theme song, in violin form. That's what I was about to say. This is where I realized that half of this score is just the the Halloween theme in like different versions. Even like, even like the chase scene, like it'll play like a climactic score and then it'll throw like the dun 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 and in the middle of the song. So it's like every mm-hmm. single song in this movie has the Halloween theme in it in some way. Hmm. Um, well, yeah. I like the violin version. Yeah, it, it was nice. I'm not complaining about that one, but um all right so yeah uh so so tina and sam leave the house so i guess the plan is for sam to lose his virginity tonight her virginity tonight i should say um yeah uh sam played by uh tamara glenn is that her name Mm mm-hmm which uh, you know, God bless her soul. She's if you go to her Instagram page, 
you'll still see pictures of her character in Halloween Five because um, she is, uh, you know, she did a good job, and uh, you know, riding off the success of her uh, breakout role, if you will. It even got her a job in uh, Terrifier Two. Uh huh. But um. So yeah. Yeah, I think she's a very likable character too. So um. So Tina and Sam leave the house, and you see that Michael is watching them leave. And it's a weird shot where Tina looks back, and you see Michael's arm. And it's like, I guess yeah. she's, she's supposed to be seeing that, but doesn't know what it is, I guess. Is that, is that what it's meant to be? It's almost like, am I, am I seeing that right? But I guess she like shrugs it off. Okay. I don't know how you're supposed to do that in, you know, like with the situation at hand. <laughs> also, I thought just back forwarding a little bit, but it was very mm-hmm. shocking that Rachel was a part of this massacre the year before, and she still has the key above the door in the back. Yeah. And she's like careless. Yeah, no one has like any type of PTSD or something in this world. It's very opposite of what we see in later installments. Yeah, you you don't see anybody like take uh you know, like initiative in in their safety or anything. It's it's weird. Um yeah. So yeah, this is the the scene that blew our mind because we see Tina and Sam talking and for years, I thought Michael was standing in the bushes watching them. But it's actually just the maintenance guy that appears later. Yeah. And he's yeah, because he... Because um... Jamie sees him, too. He's just, like, fixing up bushes. But, like, yeah. that's, how, that's how... That's also how you know it's not Michael, because, like, they're in, like, one part of whatever this thing is, but then Michael is at the window watching jamie so i yeah i I think michael was actually there like watching jamie or Mm -hmm. or do you think that was shot in a way that it is the maintenance guy but she thinks it's michael that one okay interesting okay i I think she thought it was him i can uh I i can go on with that but uh yeah. So this is uh this is where I think uh they get that chase scene where it you think Michael is here but it's actually the maintenance guy. Um and then I'm not the biggest fan of this chase scene. Okay. Why not? I don't know, it just feels like filler. Oh, I'm, I I I could see that, especially cuz it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. You know, and they do the like a similar chase scene in the Myers house later. So it is like the yeah. Same so thing. we didn't we didn't need it right this second. I don't think. Yeah. Well, so I guess it's like, oh yeah, um, Jamie's barely in this movie, so we need to give her another scene. It's weird because if you watch the original Halloween, like Michael's kind of like stalking around town, but he doesn't really kill anybody till like an hour in. And it's just crazy you fast forward 11 years to Halloween 5 
And this is like the end of the slasher boom where it's like slasher has to be constantly in the movie doing stuff or people are going to lose interest. So it, it's yeah. just, it's just weird how that works. So uh, Loomis, once again, trying to enlist the help of Jamie <laughs> after this incident with the maintenance <laughs> man is like, this is where he yells at her and accuses her of protecting him and tells him about, or tells her about the, the, casket that was stolen and he even tells her when she's crying because the lady nurse is like telling him to back off or whatever and he even tells her that tears won't get you anywhere <laughs> it's that's great and this is where our favorite character is introduced the man in black <laughs> oh yeah he comes into town on a bus and kicks a dog. To kick a dog. <laughs> I don't know what this franchise has against dogs. <laughs> I don't know. And that's very, um, that's it. Yeah, that, that, that's it. Um, like that's literally it. We're introduced to Spitz. Well, in, in, in hindsight, so the man in black is Dr. Wynn who works at Smith's Grove. So it, it's just weird in hindsight to know that he took a bus from Smith's Grove into town and is, like, doing whatever he's doing around town. Because, like, I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say he literally does nothing the entire movie until <laughs> the last scene. It, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. But, yeah, we, we are... Uh... Oh, yeah, we're, we're introduced to Spitz, as you were saying. Carry on. Yeah, that's pretty much where they're um, getting alcohol for the party. Yeah. Um, and his introduction's hilarious. Where he comes out of the, the store dancing. So he works, <laughs> he works at the store, and I guess he's sneaking like three cases of beer into uh, Michael's car. Uh, not Michael Myers, the other Michael. And yeah, that's... Uh, so we we see Michael kind of Mikey. following, yeah. Mikey so, and Michael, yeah. So we see Michael Myers like following Tina's group around for some reason. That's a weird situation, you know. What it's I mean? like he knows that Tina went to Rachel's house, so she's connected to Jamie in a way. So he's just like she has to go, pretty much. I guess, yeah. But um, her and everyone she's connected to. Yeah. We see uh, Mikey parks his car in the back to smuggle the beer out, and he's very protective of his car. And Michael takes uh, some type of farming equipment at it and scratches the, the trunk of it. And uh, oh, yeah, Mikey decides to confront like the Michael. first time we really the first time we hear him talk. And I see why he barely has any lines. Because he's playing this like intimidating, like greaser. First of all, he's in the wrong era. <laughs> yeah, he's like a like the Fonz, pretty much. He is. Yeah, he should be in a fifties or sixties movie. A yeah. movie that's set in that time. But yeah, he's playing this greaser, and we finally hear him talk without mumbling. Yeah, and he's like the most unintimidating threat ever. <laughs> Want to play? 
Yeah. Drink, drink, <laughs> or toilet. And then he gets a the the thing to the head and gets killed, and Michael drags his body off and steals his car and his mask. So, yeah, that's uh interesting. So, uh, I love a... when the mask comes back later. Okay, I uh, I'm not a fan, but we'll we'll get there. <laughs> so there, there's a uh, questionable uh, costume contest at this children's hospital. Uh, it looks like the winners are like this weird like moon and star costume and yeah it seemed like just a pity award like <laughs> <laughs> like oh they tried so hard <laughs> and jamie would have won if she wouldn't have freaked out yeah yeah but um but yeah but we have let's give this award to the star in the moon it's like all right we're having a seizure on the ground floor winners are <laughs> <laughs> so uh speaking of she has a seizure because uh michael myers is picking up tina now dressed as mikey and mm-hmm. uh so michael is kind enough to show back yeah. up to the house and give tina a ride so yeah tina's hilarious i don't <laughs> understand michael's end game for doing all this she's doing all this this posing yeah, in front she, of the car, and she's dubbed in very badly here. They like, yeah, because they filmed it and they realized, oh, the car is too loud. We didn't get any of her audio, so they went back and she said something different than what she originally said. Yeah, because like the audio is like nothing, Mike. That's what I get. Nothing, but <laughs> her mouth is saying something I don't know what... totally different. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know what she originally was going to be saying. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Michael Myers is also, he, he's wearing like this caveman brute mask thing. And there's actually this really cool shot where Tina like kisses the mask and you see Michael like kind of wince away. Like he kind of reacts to yeah. it. So I, I do like things like that. I just don't. I, I don't know. I don't. I. I just don't understand just, Michael's end game here for doing all this it's stuff. It's his eyes. It's his eyes in that shot too. Yeah, like he. he uh, Don Shanks does a, a great job here, and yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, like he's like clutching at the steering wheel. It's like he's furious, and he's cringing, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta hold all this, this rage back." <laughs> And he's also wearing uh, gloves, so you don't see his burnt yeah. hands and his uh, alt tattoo. Yeah. Also, if Michael's hands are burnt that bad, why didn't the tattoo burn? They redid it. Oh, okay. So, um, the, the way Loomis is trying to get information from Jamie here, it's weird <laughs> so oh yeah because she's saying like all nighter like the store is open all night and like cookies and she's, she's, or like big woman like big or woman like oh a big woman who works at the store <laughs> and then she says cookie woman <laughs> and that's like oh the 
the store that has a naked woman on it with a cookie over her chest. <laughs> like, oh, that store. Yeah. <laughs> That's only one in town. Oh, I used to <laughs> I used to spend years at that store. <laughs> it's like I a slow, gas station. I slow down every time I drive past there. She gets Gina's getting cigarettes from there. Did you notice all the compliments she got on her way into the gas station from oh, the I extras? Sure, I, I sure did. <laughs> I think that's just like a woman going to the gas station. I don't even think it has to do with her costume. I just think that's in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she spends like 10 minutes in the store. Yeah. And Michael's finally switching his mask. I don't know why he's doing it out in the open in the middle of the street. Yeah, because Tina's gonna see him th- switching masks when she gets back in the car. Yeah, and I think the idea was she was going to see Jamie before, maybe. That makes sense, but he's and, Michael. Oh, Michael still knows where she's at, so I. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. Speaking of filler, I guess that's just what it is. Uh, but yeah, the cops yeah. swarm the place. Tina comes out. Uh, she gets <laughs> the way she just <laughs> they made it rush like, her. They made it look like she was under arrest for something. Like she's the one that's doing the killing. Like they they found maybe she was underage and they knew she was buying cigarettes, <laughs> and that led yeah. to swarming the place. So, um, Tina quickly goes to see Jamie. The the police take her there. And uh, just immediately leaves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, Jamie gets her voice back for the rest of the movie now. Yeah, yeah, we're about an hour in, and our hero of the movie's finally talking. Nice to see. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, Rachel couldn't get her to talk, but Tina can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Tina goes to the tower farm, and on her way out... Uh, Dr. Loomis tries to stop her because even Loomis knows that Hina is now Michael's main target for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. Uh, the police are like, we can't stop her. She didn't do anything. And there's that line that never made sense to me where Dr. Loomis mentions like being sensible. And she's like, I'm never sensible if I can help it. <laughs> like, I just don't know what that okay. means. I'm never sensible if I can help it. <laughs> I just don't know what that means, but I don't know. It's it's stupid. Hmm. Um, that friend group also has that weird laugh. Okay, yeah. That thing. Yeah. Spitz does it a lot. Yeah. So Loomis orders the cops to follow Tina, which I guess he has the authority to do. Uh, so and they, they follow. <laughs> so they follow, and then Billy knows where they're going. So he takes Jamie there. So now we have two runaway children. And meanwhile, the cops are playing crazy eights in the car while Michael Myers arrives at the party. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, this is not a life-threatening situation. There's yeah. more of that humor we didn't need. <laughs> yeah, you, you you gotta love it. So, uh, Spitz... The humor we didn't need from the cops. So for some reason, the the town of Haddonfield loves dressing up as Michael Myers. And we saw that last week in our episode on Totally Killer, where they do it there too. But yeah, that's probably a play 
or like an inside joke on movies like this where the town of Haddonfield just always dresses as Michael Myers in these movies. Um, mm-hmm. Well, this part was funny, too. When Spitz chases Tina. Yeah. <laughs> and they literally almost get <laughs> shot. <laughs> or Spitz almost gets shot, I should say. Yeah. But the cops say fortunately, <laughs> fortunately we're lousy <laughs> cops. Spare my friend. Oh yeah, the lousy cops again. Yeah. Like fortunately we're lousy Something cops. Something just hilarious. And then a horn comes in. Yeah. It's just hilarious seeing like Michael Myers in Michael Mass. It's like got her phone number. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny seeing that. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is funny, but it's <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So um, after he's held at gunpoint, he still chases her <laughs> with this knife to the barn. Yeah, but this time it's without a mask, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the cops allow it. And um Yeah. So the movie spends way too much time in this barn. Like the next ten minutes we're in the barn. Like they're playing that with might not cats. Be 10 minutes, but... it, it it feels like it goes on forever. And this... one too many moments of them trying to scare each other. Yeah. Because it's like they do it again where Spitz scares Sam. And it seems like it's Michael Myers, but then it's Spitz. And then they proceed to yeah. Hanky Panky. And this is like... And then Michael's in there too. So I don't want to throw accusations around or anything. But I feel like something happened behind the scenes here that people involved in the movie aren't aware of that is is weird so uh the actors the actor and actress that played uh sam and spitz claimed that the director was heavily involved in this sex scene he was up close and personal at it so you know i don't want to you know throw any accusations out but it's just a weird thing you know what i mean yeah like for them to talk about how involved he was and also like there was a documentary uh, that came out. I just, not just, I just picture him like in his ear. All right, now do this, do this. Well, that that's what I'm questioning because it's a very like intimate sex scene that goes on way too long. Like if you look at that original Halloween movie when Linda and Bob are going at it, like you see the tail end of it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get to see the fun part. We just thought. Huh the finish yeah like this is i don't know this is it just goes on way too we're long seeing, we're seeing the beginning yeah i don't know and if it, michael hadn't come along we would have been doing a different movie <laughs> well it's like implied that it's not even implied they just show him do it but spitz puts on a condom and it's like why are we getting like this involved in this sex scene like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Just I'm I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm just saying it's a weird story. Because they on like I was saying on that documentary that was on the Halloween five DVD, they mm-hmm. like people were saying that the actors just hooked up with each other the entire set. 
or the entire shoot, I should say. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So, anyway, Spitz is killed with a pitchfork to the back. It's pretty great. And then Sam runs around, and she is killed with a scythe. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. That part's cool, too. It's just, uh, you know, we're not using a knife in this movie. We're, we're using, like, farming equipment. So, you got you got a lot of um so uh Tina is like they have an agreement where they have this like <laughs> weird like wolf man that's like the most disgusting Halloween costume I've ever seen in my life. That is oh, like her new boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> he's like flirting with Tina and he gets like he breaks the fourth wall because he like looks directly into the camera <laughs> in his debut. And you know, I guess they're taking the party somewhere else, even though the Tower Farm is where the party is known to be at. So everybody's leaving. They're going to, yeah, they're going to some type of hot spring or whatever. Okay. Okay. Something like um, that. Like some type of hot tub. I don't know. They're going swimming. It's, it's just a way to get Tina by herself because Tina yeah. goes into the barn to get Spitz and Sam. And they're dead. So when Tina comes out, everybody already left. She goes to the police and they're already dead because Michael walked up to them and they just accused him of not having enough respect for authority. And <laughs> I think they just thought it's he like, was spit. Okay. They just thought he was yeah. spit. So. Yeah, they did. So I don't know. It's I don't know. So But they were uh, shot Mike- off screen. <laughs> yeah. So Michael is in his car and decides to chase after uh Tina in the car. And uh Jamie, who has known this girl for you know, less than a year, I'm assuming, decides to sacrifice her life for uh for Tina and jumps in front of this car, and I guess this is Michael's turning point. So he's gonna chase after Jamie in the car. And you know, as as bad as I think this movie is this is like a, I guess a unique take on a chase scene in a slasher film. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like the car chase scene. Yeah. Like, you know, he's not just walking after people. He's like driving after them in the car. Um, I don't necessarily think Jamie could outrun a car, but you know, I do like when he's like running over like the pine trees and stuff. For some reason, that's always been like satisfying to me. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, but then uh, she like jukes him out, and Michael crashes into a tree. And I guess it's implied that Michael is dead here. And yeah. I love like the sound of the horn, and that's like your indication that Michael's alive because the horn stops, which means he is up. Uh-huh. So it, it's just yeah. such a, it's such like a great thing in this bad movie <laughs> um uh-huh. yeah i like that part too and then probably the worst part of the movie um <laughs> michael's yeah. about to kill jamie but tina jumps in front of him and gets injured and gets stabbed gets injured <laughs> yeah <laughs> it gets, gets a scratch wound on her on her on her chest <laughs> They're on her shoulder. Gets stabbed in the, 
Yes, he got stabbed in the shoulder. That's injured. Yeah. But um, we don't believe yeah. in negativity on the podcast, so we don't say that she died. Yeah. So this is a weird, <laughs> um, a weird thing where Loomis decides to negotiate with Michael, and is like, <laughs> "You're filled with rage. Go home, and it'll end. The little girl will be waiting for you." And I just love. He's like, gonna sacrifice. <laughs> I love like all of this, all these things that Michael has done are just attributed to him having rage and being angry. <laughs> he just simplifies it so yeah. much. But I like how you see Michael kind of like walking through the trees when Loomis is talking to him. Um, yeah. You know, it, it would also be a, you know, a good idea of Loomis to try to shoot him again, but you know, I, I he he might have actually given up on shooting him, to be honest, because he's done it so many times. But... Yeah, he shot him so. Yeah, he shot at him at least every time he's seen him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so uh, we cut we cut to Jamie at the the Myers mansion, uh, sitting in Judith's uh, vanity. I think that's what it's implied it's like, to be. Movie slows down for a moment. Because we're fit, we're like waiting for Michael to show up. There's some type of commotion with Billy at the children's clinic. Well, no, people. Most like, of the cops. I guess people were killed at the hospital, right? Is she? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, there's some type of something going on there. Yeah, I think the... Well, she could have maybe seen what was going on, and it had to have been the guy in the hat, maybe. Oh, okay, that that makes sense. I was wondering what the heck happened there, because I thought Michael stopped there first, caused a little bit of commotion, and then went to his <laughs> And then left. <laughs> but that I makes was thinking sense. maybe, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, of course, we don't... They never say. we don't see it. Yeah, they never yeah, say. But some something's going on with Billy at the children's hospital. So all the cops rushed there, except for the stragglers that stay at the Myers house. Yeah, the, the two that stay are the ones that are supposed to be bringing Jamie back to the hospital. So, I don't know. But Michael and Dr. Loomis have other plans, because... <laughs> Michael's, yeah, both Michael, of them. <laughs> Michael has a cop car somehow. They don't say how he got it. It's weird. Um, he slams the car into the police car, and we just hear this cop dying over the radio. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And it's like the guy, the cop inside who is Charlie, he doesn't even bother to turn off the radio or anything. And you have like a little girl in here. You'd think like, oh, this little girl doesn't need to hear that. But no, we hear like, like she's seen enough death. <laughs> nope, we hear it uh, you know, drawn out and yeah. So, yeah. This is where Dr. Loomis kind of takes over and locks Charlie and uh Jamie in uh Judith's bedroom. And I guess the, the yeah, much causes the death of Charlie too. Yeah. In the process. Yeah. Well, Michael meets with Loomis downstairs. 
I guess it might be the other way around, where Loomis meets with Michael, whatever. Um, <laughs> and they kind of like negotiate a bit, and he's like, I'll give you the little girl, just stop your madness or whatever. And the house is lit like it's daytime. I've always hated this way this scene looks. Um, yeah. And then Michael, like, I guess has had enough and slashes Loomis in the stomach. And I think this is the first of two deaths that are implied in this movie that are quickly retracted for Dr. Loomis <laughs> because he's mm -hmm. still, so like, you think that's the end of it, but then it cuts to uh, uh, Charlie and Jamie trying to escape upstairs. And I love this part where Michael's trying to break the door down and you see him like punch through it. You see him like reaching through and then Charlie shoots at him and it looks like Michael backs away and then he just like runs through the door. Yeah. Like just quickly <laughs> just like bursts through the door. It's great. And uh, Charlie, uh, dies via his own means of escape because he, he tried to escape via a rope and then Michael hung him with the rope. And gets hung by said rope. Yeah. Um, so Jamie escapes. I think she goes to the laundry chute first, which is actually one of the most iconic uh, scenes in this franchise, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. Because, I don't know, it's just, like, claustrophobic, and it's like, how do you even escape such a situation? And it, it's just great. And he's, like, Michael is, like, stabbing through the laundry chute and uh, somehow missing her every time. I guess they shot it to where she was stabbed in the leg, but they cut it out because it was too bloody. Um, mm -hmm. That's why when she gets out, you could see that she has a bloody leg. She was stabbed. Yeah. But also, like, a, a great touch in this scene is, like, her using the knife for leverage to climb back up. Because yeah. she she uses, like, she steps on the knife and, like, propels herself up to escape. And it's uh, it's great. So, one of the most iconic scenes. If this scenes, was me, I would have died. Oh, yeah. I, I'd, I'd be done for. Um, or the laundry chute would just cave in. <laughs> um, but one of the most iconic scenes in this franchise is quickly met with one of the worst scenes in this franchise. <laughs> Where um, Jamie goes to the attic and is uh, met with the dead corpses of everybody that Michael has killed through this journey. Mm -hmm. and... like we see Mac... There's also a bark to accompany him. Yeah, there is. And then we see Mikey. And then we see Rachel. Yeah. And and what a crew that is, you know? Like he only kept well, he couldn't keep the other ones because no, the other ones just happened. And then they got taken, obviously, yeah. when the cops and ambulance and everyone showed up. Yeah. So Sammy Spitz and Tina couldn't make it, but everybody else. Yeah. So it like, I don't know, like the beginning of it's nice because it does seem like Jamie's given up finally. Yeah, we see she, that coffin that she climbs into the coffin that he got for her. Also, like a questionable part about this scene is the cops kind of like 
staked out the place and investigated it. No one bothered to check the attic to see all the candles and the gasket. <laughs> and the dead bodies. Yeah, like, no one bothered to check that. Uh, just weird. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. It, it's terrible. Uh, Jamie is about to be stabbed, but she yells out, Uncle. And is... Uh, it's Triggering. It's Michael to take his mask off to surrender to Jamie. And he sheds a tear. And it's... Uh, bad speaking of okay. speaking of seeing the shape in compromising positions this is probably the most compromising of them all mm-hmm. yeah it's bad but it's funny you said it was bad and then i was like it's touching <laughs> is it um a little bit i don't mind it yeah okay and then the rage takes over again he starts throwing everything. This was Jamie's cue to escape, and then we see that Dr. Loomis is still alive. Yes. So we faked out his death once. And... Mm-hmm. But he's like, here, take the girl, and then you're home safe. <laughs> she doesn't know about this plan, so she's just she just thinks she's being sacrificed. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think the audience knows of this plan. Like I, I don't know if yeah, we're supposed I didn't, I don't know if we're supposed I didn't to really think, know either. I don't know if we're supposed to think that he's just turned like if if this is gonna stop you from killing people, here you go. You know, I don't know if we're supposed yeah. to think that Loomis has totally lost it. Because it does kind of lead up to that. So I I think we're supposed to think that. Yeah. But um, you know, bullets couldn't kill Michael. What can? Tranquilizer gun and a wooden board, a steel net, (laughs) and a two by four. Now, where did he get this steel net? Where did he get the tranquilizer gun? (laughs) That too. So, he he set up all this equipment to get Michael in this room so he could kill him. And somehow, Michael didn't see the giant crazy, the giant chain net above him. Yeah. Well, Loomis was at crazy. The, Loomis was at the house earlier, so maybe that's when he did it. But the man in black was also there with him. So the man in black Yeah, he was watching him. The man in black obviously failed in his job of watching Loomis. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows? So yeah, Michael's seemingly not killed but defeated. Yeah. And the we think that Dr. Well, Loomis actually dies after this. Yeah, because it's implied that he died here, but then we cut back to the <laughs> police station, and Loomis is fine. Mm-hmm. Is Loomis at the police station? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. For some reason, I thought he was, but then when I said it, I was like, no, I don't think he's there. Sheriff Meeker's... I think the he, must have, he must have been rushed yeah. to the hospital off screen. Sheriff Meeker says something like he belongs to the state till the day he dies, and Jamie says he'll never die. And see, I think I think the mask is great, but I tweeted about it and I got a few likes on the tweet. I said I think the mask was slightly tainted by the shot of Michael sitting in the jail cell with the mask on. 
Oh, yeah, it, it's terrible. Once again, speaking of the shape in, in compromising positions, he's just this like... This is worse than the crying. <laughs> he's crouched over in the corner, just like playing with his chains. And it's, yeah. it's terrible. Like, the way you shoot that, if you're trying to keep, like, the mystique of Michael Myers going, is you show or him... realism. In, yeah. You, you just show him in, like, a dark corner or something, just, like, crouched over. Like, he doesn't have to be wearing the mask. Um, like, they did a good job in the, um, the, the new Halloween trilogy of, like, showing Michael's face, but not showing his face at the same time. Yeah, and that's yeah. like just shoot it something like that. It's they didn't crazy. have that technique back then. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so the man in black shows up. Either way, it's like we're getting this grim ending because before he shows up, it's like Jamie's going back to the hospital. Everybody she knows and loves is now dead. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh man. Yeah, but then the man in black shows up again to shoot and kill the entire police force for the second movie in a row. <laughs> this is the second year in a row that <laughs> Haddonfield's police department was wiped out on Halloween night. And this is why they banned Halloween yeah. in Haddonfield. Well, that's weird that they could ban Halloween because no one would be there to enforce it. So, Yeah. You probably could have Halloween and no one would be able to do anything. They took Tina's suggestion and made it official. Speaking Somebody of, did. Yeah, speaking of the purge, like, November 1st would have to be, like, purge day, because the police force is wiped out, so you can get away with anything. Yeah. Yeah, They've so... got to call in the state purpose to fill in again. <laughs> you just see them all, like... <laughs> Groaning like, oh, again. <laughs> like, Russellville's sick of sending people in. <laughs> they actually do say something like that in Halloween Kills, where they say that they tried to get people from Russellville in, like cops, but they don't know if they have enough or something like that. AKA, they don't want to do it because it's not their problem. Yeah, it's like, well, Michael Myers isn't our problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Man in Black has let Michael uh, free from jail, and we are up and on to, to further adventures. Yes, so. in the form of Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Yes. This conversation about Halloween 5 has been more entertaining than the movie itself. So, I love the movie. I think it's a bad I movie. Got I it. think it's fun, and then of course I do have the nostalgia with it because I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's either the first or second one I've ever seen. It's either between that, the original, and four. Yeah, I've I've probably seen them in the same order you did, to be honest. But so yeah, yeah I have nostalgia. I think it's one of my first horror movies I've ever seen too. Okay. Yeah, it started I... it all. It it indirectly started this podcast. Uh, kinda, yeah. <laughs> I I um don't like this movie. I I hate this movie, but I do have nostalgia for it, and I think it's a really fun time. So and you watch it every year. 
Yeah, I watch it every year, even though I hate it. So, yeah, it's kind of where I'm at with this movie. It's not good or anything, but, like, I, I'll watch it every year. So take that for what you will, that I'll kind of suck I, it up. I just, I just have fond, fond memories with it, and I like yeah. the characters in it. Yeah, and it it's frustrating because it's such, like... Like a um, mixed bag, I guess, because there's so much missed potential here, and I don't, I don't know. It's like the missed potential is even further than six. Yeah, probably. Uh, that's the probably whole cult of foreign idea is nice in theory, but yeah, it's like no matter what they do, they can't execute it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a fun time, but well, I'm glad we finally knocked this one out because this has been a long time yeah. coming for this episode. Um, and this is why Daniel Harris wants to get a proper send off to her character that she had since she was a child. Because she probably yeah. doesn't think that it's the best movie either. Yeah, she was on record saying that uh, she, like, as a kid actor, she wasn't aware of, like, what a bad script was, which is probably why she's, like, acting a lot better than this movie deserves, like I said. Uh, like, she, yeah. like, to, to her, you know, as, like, a naive child actor, it's like you have to give your all into everything. And then there's, mm -hmm. there's other people... You know, like, you can tell you're going to be in, like, a bad movie or a mediocre movie, so you can kind of phone it in. So I don't think she quite knew how to do that. So, like, she's giving her all in this, in this performance and is doing a great yeah. job, despite the movie being stupid and, and bad. So, yeah. Well... All right, so I think that's going to wrap up this conversation. Did you have anything else? No, I think we covered everything. Okay. We don't um, watch Halloween 5. Yeah. So we've been recording for a while doing this episode. So are you on board with uh, skipping the recommendations this week? Yeah. Okay. I guess a quick one. I could throw out All Hallows Eve 2 if you oh, like okay. anthologies. All right. Yeah. All Hallows Eve 2. Go check that out. Probably better than Halloween 5, but. No. <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, that does it for our Halloween season of episodes, believe it or not. It's crazy the Halloween season's over already. I know. Well, as of recording, it's October 26th, so we have a little bit of time left. But yeah, yeah I see what you're saying, though. Before you know it, things will yeah, be 50% off. <laughs> things, yeah. things will be 50% off at Spirit Halloween. So. Yeah, I probably won't have anything. All right, so uh, what movie are we doing next week on the podcast? I don't even think we discussed this yet. I don't think we did either. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay. Yeah, that works. All right, so... <laughs> we'll have to brush up on our knowledge of Five Nights at Freddy's, too. I'll watch that eight-hour YouTube video to get, my, get my lore going. So, All right, so next week we'll be doing... I'm just going to wing it. 
All right. All right. So next <laughs> week, next week we'll be covering uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, if you want to follow mm-hmm. us on social media, you can on Instagram. We are at Santa Mira After Dark. On Twitter, we are at Santa Mira AD Pod. Until next time, I'm Jeremy. I'm and curfew is now in session. A curfew is now in effect. Is actually what she says. And because I just watched it last night, so I've been saying it wrong this whole time. All right. Well, I'm going to leave your your correction in when we save this thing. So. Yeah, I just watched Halloween 3 last night. It's so brilliant.